Good morning. We are studying section 109 to 110 today, and I could sum it all up in one word, temple. Short podcast, right? Well, let me dig back into the memory bank. Many, many years ago, 47 to be exact, our story begins. It was December. Our temple recommends were in our pockets, but money was not. We were in college and living the poor college life. We lived in Michigan at the time, and our temple district was the Salt Lake City Temple. You heard right. That was the closest temple at the time, and the one our area was assigned to attend. We had done all we could to save money to be able to get to the temple, but we had no car and only enough money for a one-way trip. I worked as a secretary for the Institute of Religion Director, and he suggested we ride with his family to Salt Lake as as they were going back for the Christmas holiday. We agreed and were thrilled. Looking back, it was quite the sacrifice for them to make it possible for us to go. They had six children, so that's eight people plus us, 10 people, jammed into their station wagon. And don't forget all the luggage stuffed in and around the car and strapped to the roof. We sat in the middle front and passenger front seat. It was a long and grueling drive from Michigan to Colorado where we stopped for the night at one of their relatives. The next day we drove to where they were staying and we caught a bus to Salt Lake from there. Tom Sorensen, one of the missionaries who taught us, met us at the bus station and we were welcomed into his parents' home. They were so sweet and made some fun arrangements for us to have some special experiences in our first visit to Salt Lake. Tom's mother was one of my escorts and President Hinckley's niece, Francie Hinckley, was on the other side of me as a second escort. It was an unbelievably snowy evening. A strong storm had roared into the valley, but our missionaries, Tom Sorensen and David Browning, both made it safely to the temple and we were privileged to have them witness our sealing. I wish I could bring you along for that first trip inside the temple, for the powerful spirit felt, for the powerful promises made, but your time will come and you'll have your own story that words also can't describe. So what does this have to do with today's study? Well, this is the dedicatory prayer for the Kirtland Temple. These people sacrifice their all to build this beautiful temple. In verse five, we read, for thou knowest that we have done this work through great tribulation and out of our poverty, we have given of our substance to build a house to thy name that thy son of man might have a place to manifest himself to his people. The degree of sacrifice they made is amazing. And I've seen counterparts to that in our current day. I think of our missionaries who were in the field quarantined to their apartments for the greater part of their mission. Sacrifice is a part of the gospel. Verse 13 speaks of the people crossing the threshold of the temple and feeling the Lord's power and a place of holiness. I remember so well that first time and every time after that, feeling the difference between the world 
as you cross that threshold into the temple. The serene, calming peace, the holy feeling, the sacred, the blessed. Look at the promise in verse 22. The people will leave the temple armed with his power, his name, his glory around them, and angels given charge over them. We are promised that we will hold a name and standing in his house. We are given protection from wickedness as we honor our covenants made there. We are promised to be taught wisdom, to feel his power, to grow up in him, to be prepared, to be restored. There's so many great and wonderful blessings of the temple. Now you remember, I told you we lived in Michigan and that Salt Lake was our temple. Well, we now have a temple in Michigan. We had 15 temples back then in 1973 worldwide. We now have 168 operating temples and more under construction or having been announced. So before we close today, we also wanna discuss the important events that occurred in the Kirtland Temple as we study section 110. First and foremost, the Savior Jesus Christ appeared in the temple to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. Secondly, we read about Moses's appearing and restoring the keys of the gathering. President Russell M. Nelson said, the keys of the gathering of Israel give the authority to direct the preaching of the gospel to the four corners of the earth. It is appropriate that Moses, who first led God's children to the land of their inheritance, would be the one to commit the keys of gathering of Israel to the restored church. Then Elias brings the gospel of Abraham. We learn from Elder Bruce R. McConkie, Elias, a man called Elias, apparently living in mortality in the days of Abraham, who committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery in Kirtland Temple on April 3, 1836. Elias brought back the gospel of Abraham, the great Abrahamic covenant, whereby the faithful receive promises of eternal increase, promises that through celestial marriage, their eternal posterity will be as numerous as the sands upon seashore or the stars in heaven for multitude. Apparently I'm boring the dog. Elijah appeared and restored the sealing keys. And we learn from Joseph Fielding Smith, this sealing power bestowed upon Elijah is the power which binds husbands and wives and children to parents for time and eternity. It is the binding power existing in every gospel ordinance. It is by this power that all the ordinances pertaining to salvation are bound or sealed. And it was the mission of Elijah to come and restore it. So in the Kirtland Endowment, we see new truth, new ordinances, an outpouring of the Spirit, and keys being restored. I want to conclude with a statement by Elder Bednar. He said, please consider Doctrine and Covenants 109, 24 through 28, in light of the current raging of the adversary and our willingness to take upon us the name of Jesus Christ and the blessing of protection promised to those who honorably hold 
a name and standing in the Holy Temple. Significantly, these covenant blessings are to all generations and for all eternity. I invite you to study repeatedly and ponder prayerfully the implications of these scriptures in your life and for your family. We should not be surprised by Satan's efforts to thwart or discredit temple worship and work. The devil despises the purity in and the power of the Lord's house. And the protection available to each of us in and through temple ordinances and covenants stands as a great obstacle to the evil designs of Lucifer. So my advice to you, prepare for, look forward to your entry into the temple. Challenge question, what temple would you like to have framed on your wall in your bedroom? Have a great week, everybody, and remember to always follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me.